Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I want to say thank you to everyone that participated in any way. And we're letting the Sunday school go. Is that happening now? Or? Yep. Just the teens. All right. And uh, but so thank you for those of you that participated and for those of you that did not, please do not be condemned uh, because we are going to do it again. And we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, uh, it, It is something that is so incredibly valuable. Uh, and I'm and I'm praying that uh, you gain understanding to it, and I want to speak to it this morning uh, because I th- I think so many people have uh, the sheer uh, uh, I don't want to say I don't know what the word is, but insurmountable idea of going without food for three days. Right? There's some people. I'm going to die. Well, I guarantee you wouldn't die. You probably can't think straight like most of us, but uh and and uh but but it would it won't kill you. And so there's ideas about, you know, w- what we do in the kingdom that for some in the room today feel like it's impossible for you to partake of it because it's just too big. And uh uh or too whatever, but so I love to ski. I still love to ski. I like to ski better when there's snow. But uh, we went skiing Friday, and I was kind of shocked I was able to continue to do it. I, I hurt my leg a couple weeks ago or a month ago. But anyway, but it, anyway, felt good, great time. And uh, and uh, but I had just memories flooding back. I remember a time when I was we were younger, much younger, and and Ned and I were. Uh, uh, Tooling around, and I was talking about skiing. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah, you, you know how net is. And uh, I, I'll, I'll elaborate. All right. We don't have to. So, so we pull into the, the parking lot at West Mountain, and he looks up, and people are, you know, coming down the face. And West Mountain's steep anyway. And he, who would be that crazy? He goes on about getting on a set of skis and trapping on one. He, he's ranting and raving. And, and about three weeks later, He's at the top of the mountain, you know, just go, wow, and, and you, you know, how, again, how he is, uh, he, he straps on these skis, and he's skiing crazier than any one of us, and, uh, you know, I, other things, I think, and uh, uh, my kids, uh, Fred and Emily, uh, love to hike, and they become a, what is it, a 46 or 47, 46 or where they've hiked all the high peaks, you know. And I, and I hiked a, a couple of them, and I thought, why? You know, what, what's the point? And so I hiked a couple of smaller ones just to, for fellowship. And, uh, but, but there's some of those, I, it's like, nah, I am, yeah, it's just too much work and too much effort. And because of it, you know, uh, you don't even get near it. So here, here's my point here. There's some spiritual pursuits in our life that are, that are beneficial. 
And if you're just looking at them from a distance, they feel like and they look like there's something that's incredibly uh, bigger than you or impossible to achieve. If you were to go to Gore Mountain and look at the top of that mountain or if you're going down the Northway and see the very top of it and think that you're going to be on top of that, you know, going down with two slivers of wood is like, no way. But, but I can tell you it can be done. It can be done. And, and because some of you are, are in spiritual pursuits like a fast or prayer or giving your heart to God completely, you think, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to be as good as, you know, we worship the superstars. You know, we worship the people. We, we celebrate those that are the best of the best, and, uh, whether in sports or academia or, or whatever it is. And, and we do that sometimes in the church, too, where, oh, there's spiritual superstars. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You point me out a superstar. Point one out because I can tell you they're filled with uh, flaws, and they're just human beings. And if they are accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God, it's because they have willfully and willingly said, Lord, uh, I know it's by your spirit, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit these things can be done. We don't trust in the arm of the flesh. And so you look around and say, oh man, all those... And we had a great group that fasted, and we did not take attendance. And we didn't have you check off, did you miss breakfast, lunch, or dinner? What we're doing is a group of people that are attempting to find the mind, not attempting, but we have the mind of Christ, and we want God to continue to work in our midst in 2023. And for you to say that you're, you're not able to be a part of that is just a lie from the pit of hell. And what happens when you look at something that seems to your flesh so insurmountable? You know what, you know what you, we do? You don't even go in the parking lot. You'll have, I do not go to the high peaks and park in their parking lots because I'm not going to hike there. And, 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 and there's times in our lives that we don't even go near the very things that God has promised and given us the ability to perform, but we won't even go near them because we think we're incapable. True or not true? So here's the scripture. It says in Second Peter's chapter, in Second Peter chapter one, verse number three, it says, His divine power has given us everything required for life. Man, I could just stop there, say we can go home now. His divine power has given us everything required for life. When you trust in Jesus, you're okay. The only time I'm not okay is when people around me that I love very much are in a mess because they have not given their life over to him. Messes with my head for a while. Until I figure out, you know what, it's their choice. I can do nothing about their choice. I can't. And so I am not going to live in turmoil because somebody doesn't choose Jesus. I am not going to do it. If he's not going to control them, I'm not going to control them. I can't. And so listen, 
take a breather, relax, quit trying to control people, live for God, have joy. I don't know if you read the uh, our, um, newsletter. There's a great thing in the back there. I know he hands them out, and, he's, and Paul said, do you ever read these? I thought, I haven't read it in a while, and I read this month, and it's real short, but there's something in there about joy. Joy is not a result of, of circumstances around you. It's just ever-present in your life because you just know that God's given us everything that pertains to life. Yeah, but what happens if I'm, I'm not feeling well? He's still giving you everything. What happens if somebody's not doing well? He's still giving you everything that pertains to life. And it says, by his divine power and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness, by these he has given us very great and precious promises. By these he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises. I'm telling you what, the promises of God are amazing in our life. There are promises that are future, eternal life, but there are great and precious promises that we live in and you ought to live in right now. And those promises are the very things that propel you to do things that you cannot do. You want to accomplish and, and, and pursue the kingdom of God in your flesh, you will fail every time. But if you rely on the promises of God, if you pursue those promises and you make that a priority of your life and you're not leaning on your own understanding and your own ability, then I'm going to tell you what, you're going to strap the skis on. You're going to hike where you think, man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I, can't, I just don't have the ability. It's not about your ability anymore. It's about the promises of God in our life. If you have never received any, that would be the very pursuit of my, my prayer in the beginning. If you've never been filled with the promise of His Spirit, I'm telling you that is a starting point. Because you cannot please Him in your flesh. But man, being filled with His Spirit is a life-changing spiritual event that propels you on a spiritual journey that you never even thought possible. So, the idea of these exceed... And I love the way he says it here. Uh, very great and precious promises. Not Oh, he's got, he's got some promises. It's always over the top with him. It's never just getting by. It's always, always over the top. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad for that. And in him just pouring out things in your life, take steps of faith and walk in places that may be uncomfortable to me, but by his spirit, he's going to cause me to stand. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it all, but there was, you know, uh, and if you've been around the church any time at all, you've heard this preached several times, but there was a, a, a crowd that were, was gathered in John chapter 6, and they're hanging on Jesus' every word, so much so that 
that they'd stayed so long. It was late at night, and the disciples said, hey, Jesus, you got to send them away. Man, you know, they need to go find something to eat. And he looks at his disciples and says, you feed them. And they're like, are you nuts? No, have you gone crazy? You know, I, there, there was uh, uh, 5,000, the Bible says men, so who knows? There could have been as many as 20,000 people there. Filling the, uh, 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 the hillside. And he looks at his disciples and said, feed them. Like, that is absolutely insurmountable. And, and so he, he <laughs> like, okay, let's grasp for straws. He said, we got nothing, Jesus. Uh, but you know what? There's a kid here with five loaves and a couple fish. And Jesus said, bring them to me. Now, I don't know what that kid was going to do with those five loaves and those two fish. I don't know if his mom said go to the market. You know, like kids do, got distracted, saw the crowd. He's hanging out, got to, you know. And uh, they bring the kid to Jesus. And I, I, I guarantee you those disciples did not bully that kid into giving that up. He didn't say, look, boy, give me that. You know, this wasn't. You know, just snatching, grabbing, whatever. They, the, the boy, hey, would you willingly give these? Yeah, what, what am I going to do? Well, we're going to take these, and we're going to feed everybody. Like, okay, everybody gets a more just a. And so Jesus takes what the boy has and multiplies it to where not only did everybody get fed, but there was so much left over, it was crazy. And can you imagine that boy? I, I guarantee you that boy got all the leftovers. You know, he gives, he gives five loaves. I don't know how many baskets he gets back. And so here he comes back to mom and dad after being sent to the market with a few pennies. And they're like, what did you do? Who did you hit over the head? And, and can you think about the backstories? how this kid had to explain that there was a man named Jesus and he was on a hillside and he wanted my bread and I felt like it was the right thing to do. And now I got 12 baskets. Now we can feed the neighbors. And that is the way his promises are in our life. If we take the steps of obedience... He gives us the ability to accomplish what he's asking us to do. We don't lean on our, the arm of our flesh and our own ability. If, if we did that, you know, there is human ability that accomplishes some, some good things. But man, when you pour your heart out and you give what God's put into your life and you give it back to him and you let him multiply that, the very things that you think are impossible be become possible. So here, here's what happened. And what I'm asking for the church. See, the church has not, very little to do with the building. I mean, we meet here. But this is not a church. We are. It's us. It's me and you. We'd be a church whether this building ceased to exist. And so what I'm asking the church to do in 2023 
is 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 to uh, uh, to make some steps. Personally, the church is only as uh, strong as every individual here. You know, we can we can uh, you know as visitors come in and all that, um, you know, and they bring in oppression and and all of these things. We're here to bring healing. That's what we're here for. But there ought to be those among us that ought to be here to be healers. Say, well, Jesus is the healer. Yeah, but he uses us. There ought to be those of us that have been around long enough that say, look, God, today I want your promises to work through me. I want to be a partaker of your divine nature. I want them to see the glory of God, not in the heavens and not on a mountainside, but I want them to see it right here, right now in me. Well, that's too big of a deal. No, it's not. No, it's not, because that's his will. How many know that's his will? For the glory of God to be revealed in you. Well, I can't, I, I can't do that. No, you can't. But he can. And if you give him what you got, guess what he'll do? But you've got to give him what you have. You've got to take. The step. You at least got to get in the parking lot and look at the hill first. And hoot and holler and complain about it. Then go away and think about it. That's what we're doing. And then, and then eventually take the step. For, for some of you, oh, I can't fast three days. You know what? You could go without coffee. You could go without something. You could shut the TV off for three days. Oh, no, I can't. You got problems. You could do something. You don't have to do, all right, those that have been exercising godliness, you know, man, maybe somebody can do much more. Whatever. Maybe somebody can fast 10 days or whatever. But there's some things you can do. But you that sit here and say, I can't do anything, therefore you do nothing. I'm not mad at you. I'm encouraging you. Do something. Now, there's some of you, you know, like, you know, that if you have underlying conditions, be careful what you do. Don't, don't tempt God. Well, he's going to save me. I got diabetes. I'm going to eat bonbons all day. Don't be silly. Just be. Be reasonable. God will take what you give him and multiply it. But if you are so afraid to start and even take the first step, there is nothing he can do without your will being involved. And there's nobody here. We are not comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, saying, oh, man, you know, they did this and he did that. That's for the world to do. That's for professional sports where we keep scores and in statistics not in the kingdom because you will find what seems to be the very least in the kingdom is something the the very smallest things can turn into something incredible in the kingdom of god god is not looking for superstars but he'll reveal his glory and majesty in a stable in a barn when everybody else is looking at palaces, he shows up in the least expected places. If you think the revival that's coming here 
in, 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 in 2023, in, in the end of the age when the Lord, the latter rain comes, it's going to come because of something, and God love them, I'm not even criticizing, but it's not going to come from TV preachers or, or the Internet or, or wherever you think it might come from. It's going to come from the simple acts of the body of Christ in obedience to him. It's going to come from places that's going to shock you. I'm telling you, it's going to come from Corinth because there's some people here that are going to do not incredible things that, oh, you know, that nobody can do. But we're going to give ourselves, we're going to give our, our five loaves and two fishes to him, and we're going to see the glory of God multiplied among us. Why? Because his promises are exceedingly great. But if you're not willing, come on. I'm just asking you to take a step. So here it is. Ooh, I didn't think I had anything to say, but I do. So here's what it is for you. Those that are watching or kind of newer, you're thinking, you know, uh, we get this picture when I was uh, first saved so many years ago. We get this picture of it's in it. Let me try to balance it. It is a life change. But you know what? There are still things in me that took years to get out. But it was what was the life change for me was the direction I chose. I chose a direction. And and then it was up to me to take the steps in that direction. And and uh but I've heard preachers, you know, pre every you know, you know that it's this transformation so much that that if there's anything in you that's wrong, you, you really didn't get it. And that's just not true. There is a, we're changed into his image from glory to glory. You grow in his grace. There's, there is a, just like it is in the natural where you're a babe, you know, and, and, and you grow and you understand things. And, and you, you're discipled. That's the process that goes on. And then as soon as you figure it out, in one season of your life, you know what happens? The season changes. Man, I was just figuring out how to be a good parent, and they both moved away. Yeah, just, different you know, different things. It's, you know, you get, you get uh, how to balance all of these things, and, and, and then life just brings changes, and, and God's teaching you all over again, or some older principles bringing into a new season of your life. But the idea of, of, uh, of walking with him is a step-by-step -step process. And if you are frustrated in the process, you're missing out in the joy of the day. I am not all that I am going to be. But by the glory of God in his grace, I am not what I used to be. And I'm just going to stand in that and say, thank you, Jesus, for today. I can say, Lord, I, you know, there's things I want to change, and I'm sure he wants to change in me too. And I have committed to him that I'm going to walk that way. But I'm convinced that it's his promises to do that. And so here's what it says here. It says uh, in Deuteronomy 11:23. Said the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you 
and you will drive out nations greater and stronger than you are. Every place the sole of your foot treads will be yours. Here's what happened. Let me give you a backstory. I'm going to come back to this. They were slaves in Egypt. They were the covenant people of God. They were slaves in Egypt, and God delivered them and wanted to bring them into a promised, promised land, a land where the houses and cities were built. And he, he had, a, had it all prepared for them. They get to the very edge of the promise, just and they send spies over, and they say, that's too steep. I can't do that. Uh, you know, that's crazy. We, I don't, we don't have the ability. We don't have the strength. And they turned away from the promises of God because they didn't think they could do it. And God said, oh, that's okay. No. God said, what? He was, he was ticked. Takes a lot to get him angry, but he was angry. Especially after all that he did for them, leading them out through the Red Sea, all of this provision, manna, water from rocks, and they get to the edge, and now all of a sudden they think they're going to do it on their own. Come on, man. And so they turned around. And, and the Lord said, look, man, I, I, I can't do this. You know, 20 and, 20 and under, I'm going to take in the rest of you. I'll let you wander around till everybody goes. So he brings them back again 40 years after wandering because they didn't believe in the promises. Don't, don't waste that much time in your life. I, we're, we're living in an age of grace, but don't waste another day. Don't waste another year wandering around, waiting and thinking that you can't do it when all the reality of it is, it's His promises in our life that does it anyway. And, and no, I'm not preaching to anyone in particular. Yes, I am. But the idea that, that, that uh, um, and the understanding of the grace of God and the promises of God will put, it puts me in a position to continue to walk in that direction. When you, you take in those steps, he says, wherever you, uh, wherever the sole of your foot treads will be yours. Now, again, you can take that selfishly and say, well, I'm going to go, whatever, do something carnal, and God's going to back me up, and he doesn't do that. I'm talking about the kingdom of God, the will of God. You're seeking him. You're, you're delighting to do his will. He reveals direction. How many of you had God reveal direction in your life? And then give you the strength to carry it out. That, and that's what I'm talking about. So, But it is our will that makes the step. And I can't fast. We're not asking you to run a marathon. Do one thing. Do something and watch God take what you what you do and multiply it. We're not asking you to be somebody like somebody that's been in the church for, you know, however many years and, and, and uh, has exercises themselves and they, you know, they can, it's a place where they've walked before. If you're just walking there, take a step. Don't look at it and say, oh, no, it went, and what I'm, preaching against 
It's those of you that do nothing because you feel like it's too much. When the reality of it is, you take a step and God propels you ten. You take another step and all of a sudden he pushes you because of his promises into places that you never even dreamed that you could do because you can't. But he can. So wherever you, the sole of your feet steps, he said, in your, your territory, and he, and he tells them where, uh, you know, where the territory is, where the boundaries are, are going to be, uh, you know, wilderness of Lebanon to Euphrates River the, to the Mediterranean Sea, and no one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put fear and dread of all, or of you all in the land where, you're, uh, where you set your foot, as he has promised you. You see, God went before them. He, he had, it, it wasn't their ability, it wasn't their strength, it was because we're his that he's going to make a way for you. And then he goes on to say this in Exodus chapter 23. He said, I will cause the people ahead of you to feel terror and throw uh, into confusion all the nations you come to. This is the promised land that God wants. For his people. He wanted it for them 40 years before that. But they wouldn't go. Because they didn't realize that he was going to work with them. And so they turned around. And they walked in another direction. Again, let me reiterate. Because they didn't feel qualified. They were strong enough. They were smart enough. And all the while God saying, I'm enough. I can do this. All I need you to do is walk in a direction that I've called you. And what you need to do is take one step at a time. And quit looking at the guy who you think is making leaps and bounds and is way ahead of you because this is not a, a, a competition. This is God has called you uniquely and specifically to this time, to this uh, uh, age that we're in. To fulfill his divine purpose, not just in your life, but in, the, in, in his kingdom. This isn't just about you. It's about the church being whole, being together, and accomplishing what he's asked us to do in the day that we live. Too many people take the, the, the kingdom of God as if it's, you know, it's just all about me. Well, it's not all about you. That's for another message. But listen to this. He said, I'll make your enemies turn their backs to you and retreat. I will send a hornet in front of you. I'll drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Hittites away from you. I will, dry, I will not drive them out ahead of you in a single year. Otherwise, the land would become desolate and wild animals would multiply against you. I will drive them out little by little ahead of you until you have become numerous and take possession of the land. Let me finish with this. You're not going to get it all in a moment. The promises are available. But God is patient and kind and willing and wanting for you to mature and grow in His grace. To be changed into His image from glory to glory. And, he's, and, and, and that is a process that takes a lifetime. After your birth into the kingdom. 
And what he does is little by little, he, he, uh, 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 the, the kingdom is un- revealed to you and to us. So that when he reveals it, we're able to occupy it. And the idea of, man, I want it all. Okay, you can't handle it all. But what you can handle and what I can handle is the next step. I, I can walk where he's called me to walk. And what he will do, the very things that trouble you today, the very things that you carry, you know what? You're not going to always carry those. God's going to give you the ability. The, uh, he's going to open up a, a way. He's going to share with you the promises. And, and you're going to walk in faith that the very things that you carry uh, and, and be, occupy your thought will no longer be there. How many of you have been that? There's been things in your life that, man, you think the world's coming to an end, and you know what? It didn't. And God got you through it. And now when, you know, and and there's a, you've already occupied that land. That's somewhere you've already stepped. What he's asking for you to do is not stop, not build a monument to one very, one thing, but to continue to walk. In his grace, and man, oh man, I'm telling you what, he's going to reveal some things in this year to us. If we'll by faith walk in. Stand with me. Well, I'll tell you something. That's a good word the truth and for you uh that have been afraid and i know you you know you're just kind of looking by and say oh, i could never i could never be like them i could never do that i could you're totally missing what god's called you to do and what his promises are and i and i'm, and I'm asking you for a moment you got to take a step you got to take a step come up You've at least got to have the courage. And it's and it is about faith. Abraham, he walked by faith. And you know what? What happens, those of you that have learned the value and the and the I want to see the power of it. You don't wait till the church calls it back. You know, you 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 take that time of of, of Separating and setting aside, and and uh, and and letting Him be Lord of all. And so today, Father, as we enter into a time of extended worship and prayer, I'm asking God that You would speak to every heart, Lord. Those that that uh, uh, feel like the kingdom is insurmountable, Lord Jesus, let them take those steps of faith today. To, to be encouraged and strengthened by you, that, that we could understand that it is you, Lord Jesus, that, that uh, secures our, our strength and, 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 and it's your grace and your, it's your spirit in our lives that it causes us to triumph always. Let us be like that boy that so willingly gave up his lunch and watched it not only multiply in return, but Feed a multitude. God, I speak that upon this assembly in 2023, that 
that my brothers and sisters would, would walk where you've called us to walk. I'm going to speak that, and I believe that today. I speak it in Jesus' name. Before you leave, we're going to have an extended time of prayer and just, just stay as long as you can. We're going to play some music. If you need healing, come on. We're going to pray for you. If you need encouragement, if you have never asked God for his promises in your life, if you've never been feel, filled with the Spirit, I'm telling you what, it is a life-changing event. And, and that would be where I would start. Father, let me be filled with your Spirit. And you watch what his promises can do in your life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.